0: Get ready to take some notes, because we're going to jump right into it here.
1: What's going on, everybody? It's Dave Mormon, the Home Service Business Coach, and we're coming back for another live podcast today. I've got my friend, uh, Charlie, with Free to Grow. Uh, Charlie, how are things going in your world today, my friend? Things
0: are great, Dave. The weather's getting warmer, and uh, we're, we're ready to get busy.
1: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Thanks for coming on today. Had to give the listeners some context. Uh, a member in my coaching program actually uh, connected uh, myself with Charlie. We jumped on a quick call uh, maybe three weeks ago now, and uh, I was impressed with what they got going on. I said, hey, we got to get you on the podcast and kind of share uh, some of these gold nuggets with some of the listeners. Thanks for having me on, Dave yeah man for sure. well let's dive in. Um, let's kind of start with uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your your background just to give the listeners uh, some context. Absolutely. so uh, Charlie
0: Felker, I'm, I'm born and raised, live now in St. Louis um, spent some time I went to West Point after West Point I, I spent some time in the Army, um, got out of the army and and got an MBA and shortly after finishing my MBA program I I kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug. Um, I, I started a company that, that certainly fits within the home service um, industry space. We did um, aging in place modifications for people that wanna live at home versus going to a nursing home. I'm sure most of you listening have seen the, the stair lifts So those info ads, those those devices that help people get up and down stairs. So that's what we did. I I started a company and, and um, grew it and ended up buying another. Uh, similar type business in Buffalo, New York, um, and was approached in um, early 2019 by a big national wheelchair company um, who was interested in buying both my locations. And so in December of 2019, I ended up selling um, both those businesses um, to to a big company um, and learned a lot, not only from my five or so years as an owner-operator, but learned a lot Um, selling my company to a big national, strategic, private equity-backed business. Um, And uh, about the time I was um, getting ready to sell my company, so we were kind of at the two-yard line, so to speak, of of finishing the transaction, I had uh, partnered up with a good friend of mine, and we were kind of noodling a a future business idea. Um, And of course, at that time, I was also looking back at my years as an owner-operator within a home service company, and was like, man, what? What were really my pain points, and what would I, you know, how do I leverage those lessons learned to maybe build a new business? So, um, Nathan and I, my business partner, uh, came up with a concept of free to grow, and um, you know, a big frustration of mine was office management. And uh, we're operating under the premise that most small home service companies probably don't need somebody 40 hours a week sitting in the chair on payroll, paying out fringe benefits, all that good stuff. So. Um, we started Free to Grow under the premise that we're going to support home service companies, people you know, like I was, mm-hmm. um, and enable them to, you know, at a fraction of what you'd spend for a full-time person, um, check the box on answering phones, scheduling estimates, dispatching, CRM management, um, all that stuff that can be a nuisance for you know, a growing, you know, busy owner-operator.
1: Yeah, man, that's super cool. A lot, lots to unpack there. Um, One thing I guess we'll highlight, I know when we talked last, like you definitely um, had some success with your previous business, right? Like you had a bunch of trucks and a bunch of employees. Can you just tell us set the context for a little bit of the scale there? Cause you definitely kind of got some chops on with that business.
0: Yeah, we grew really quickly. It was a really good segment. Um, um, a market rather very kind of fragmented. There wasn't a big, you know, Amazon or some big company that we had to compete against. And, um, you know, when I, before I started that company, I'm like, man, I, I like this market. I think I can be kind of a dominant market player in, you know, a couple of years, um, and certainly stubbed my toe, misspent some marketing money, et cetera. But, you know, at, when I sold it, we were doing 2 million in St. Louis, about a million in Buffalo had four crews in st louis and a crew in, in buffalo doing a variety of things from modifying somebody's bathroom so kind of a typical construction company to more of the technical equipment installation and service um, so yeah we were getting a bunch of phone calls a day we we worked with a, a crm called builder trend um, and you know i i i gotta say i went through the past the last two years i was running that company went through five office managers wow. um and so naturally when you sell your company, you look back and say, man, how could I have, you know, improved my bottom line performance, which is how when a big company buys you, they're going to measure that bottom line performance. And that's going to be part of your purchase price. How could I have made my company more efficient? Um, and even with that person in that chair of 40 hours a week, there was, there was still, you know, this lack of energy or lack of input. And so I'd have to end up going back myself and, and doing it anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I certainly cut my teeth owning owning and operating, and that's you know near and dear to why I started. Nathan and I started Free to Grow.
1: Yeah, super cool. And was Nathan with you on the other business, or you guys just linked up for this? He was one?
0: not. I, I grew up with Nathan. We 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 are really dear friends, and uh, we were both kind of in a transition, and and um, you know took some meetings and really could see ourselves in business together, and 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 formulated this concept.
1: Super cool. Very cool story, man. So tell us, um, let's segue a little bit. I want to hear all about Free to Grow, right? Uh, Correct. And I'm a listener, and it's the first time I heard of Charlie and Free to Grow. So what what is the business exist to do? And just tell us uh, a bit about uh, you guys' services. Yeah, I mean, just just the blocking and tackling of the services is answering
0: phones, so that includes inbound and outbound, working with our clients to, 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 to implement a script that if they're choosing, that's going to be efficient for them. Um, scheduling estimates, um, CRM management's a big proponent of what we do. We probably work with six to seven different CRM systems. There's a lot of good ones out there. And so, um, it, you know, lead follow-up, reputation management, all of the stuff that, that, that kind of the typical owner operator, you know, doesn't necessarily want to do all day, but that's important to their business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, Looking back at my experience, I think the really good home service companies, especially for what we do, are the owner operator needs to focus on what's going to drive that business to the next level. And in my book, that would be the best way to do that would be to outsource everything but your strengths. And so yeah. our strengths are free to grow are certainly that that back office, office admin type of function. So you know the owner, if you go out and sell, you build the strategic relationships, go you know go to the networking meetings. Go do all the things that you're supposed to be doing and just know you're going to be in good hands for eight hours a day when we pick up the phones and, you know, input all your leads into your CRM system and schedule all the estimates, and do estimate follow-ups. And we're big proponents of, of technology, not only in the CRM system, but we, we use Slack. So, you know, if you're busy, you can kind of see exactly what the transactions that are going on throughout your day on Slack yeah. um, and know that we're working diligently to
1: take care of your business. So cool, man. I love yeah. that. You seem like a big sports guy. I love the uh, the sports analogies. You know, the thing I'm saying is like, <laughs> if they're too much, let me know. Yeah. You no, know, man, dial it up. <laughs> I mean um, the business owner needs to be playing offense, right? Growing the business yeah. and the
0: Absolutely. office
1: administrative tax tax. Those are largely defensive, right? They're dealing with upset clients or, you know, administrative tasks that can easily be taken care of if someone In a completely different state and maybe a different country, which is crazy to think about.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I look at like where um, I see small business owners not doing well, and I think oftentimes it's spending money that's not really strategic to them. Um, And I I was that I fell into that group. You know, I I was paying an office manager four grand a month with not much needle moving on on my top line. As far as looking back over the years. And I could say, wow, if I, you know, if I hire a free to grow or you know, outsource this and cut that cost in half, okay, maybe I can put two grand in my pocket, I can pay down debt, I can do digital marketing, I could go you know, find better people, um, et cetera.
1: Yeah. The, the thing is, too, man, I find a lot of the guys and girls we work with in our program, they don't necessarily even need someone full time right away. Right. It's this messy. I call it the five levels of business and we won't get into it all. But basically, level one is you're on the truck doing the thing, getting to level two is you're building out your office, whether you're doing that or hiring it out. Most people don't have the revenue growth there where they can fully jump and go, I'm off the truck. And also, someone's in the office chair 40 hours a week. That hacks off the bottom line typically. So, you know, I almost see like you guys could be definitely a bridge for a company that could say, Hey, Charlie, give us 15, 20 hours a week. That's what I can afford. And I want to go take my kids to soccer and do whatever. I don't want to be invoicing till 11 at night, right? It seems that's what you guys do. Absolutely. And look, we're, we, we actually had a really
0: good success story where we we worked with as one of our first partners two years ago, and we understood that they were just getting going and probably getting two or three phone calls a day. And fast forward to today, you know, we've got a full-time person that's just more or less focused on their business. Um, and, you know, we get that. And so we, we price, you know, per client's going to be different for that entrepreneur that's still starting to build their business. I, mean, I get I, I get it. I, I was in I was in that 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 scenario myself. Mm-hmm. So I to your point, it's nice to have somebody that is, you know, on the back end that's going to take care of those calls and CRM management, et cetera. So I can go do other stuff.
1: Um yeah, we're we're a great great spot for that. It's awesome. Can yeah. you rattle off too on um, the CRMs you do work with or come across what what are some of the big ones that you guys are like, oh yeah, we're we're pretty familiar with these guys. Yeah, Jobber,
0: uh, uh, Builder Trend, Service Titan, um, Jobby is one, House Call Pro, uh, DRS, uh, Single Ops. You know, those are ones just off the top of my head that I know that we're in and out every day. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably heard of most of those.
1: Yeah, no, totally, man. There's so many good ones on the market. And I also love you touched on Slack as well, like for the listeners listening, like, you need to build out a workspace for your company, in my opinion, on Slack. I've got one for my service business and my coaching business. Any business I start, Slack workspace, like one-stop shop, everything there is just, uh, I, I really resonated when you said that. That's uh, great technology.
0: Yeah. And, and look, we, we have a, a two to three week onboarding process. And a, and a big thing that we do is we understand the owners are going to want to talk to certain people. And so that is identified during onboarding if, look, if you have a real estate agent call you or, you know, somebody that's big in business development that you want to take that call, we'll forward you that call and then update that information in Slack. So, okay, Dave, you know, this potential partner called you, you know, we forward it right away and then put that information in Slack. So it's, it's captured immediately. Um, Yeah. We, and and there, there's an urgency to Slack that I I appreciate as a former owner.
1: Yeah, no, totally, man. Uh, we haven't prepared these questions, but I'm going to throw it out to you. Do you have a rough percentage per revenue that you generally see for office uh, people paying? You know, if I'm a 300 grand business, okay, Dave, you should be spending kind of X amount or is it all across the board? Do you have a rough guesstimate what what you try to work out with your partners or is it kind of just all across the board?
0: We, we It's all across the
1: board. I, I mean,
0: we have a minimum monthly fee of about a thousand bucks a month which is going to be on the smaller end, you know, of the clients that we work with. Um, but then we have clients that have six to seven crews, you know, et cetera. Um, yeah. It's certainly all across the board. The, the, the benefit though is I would say if you were to hire somebody, that's not going to be all across the board, you know, then you're at that $40,000 threshold. And I would argue you're still getting the same service level. Yeah. So back to my point of, look, if you, can, if you can pocket that difference or put it towards marketing or whatever to drive your business, that's that's the value that I hope people are seeing out of Free to Grow.
1: Yeah, man. And I think a lot of business owners are naive, too, to something called uh, labor burdens, which is like you know worker insurance, payroll tax, stat pay, vacation pay. Uh, we're in British Columbia in Canada. There's a new initiative now. You got to pay an employee five, six days per year. Like it's just... You know, British Columbia, California, um, some some states, some areas are very uh, employee centric, I'll call it. And um, you need to be aware of that as a business owner. You could be paying someone $20 an hour. It's actually going to cost you $25, $26 per hour. And a lot of business owners don't know that. So when you're growing the business, when you could look at a service provider like Charlie's got, you can save those labor burdens and and hire Charlie's company as um, more of a service provider and, and save a lot of money that way. That's kind of what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, if I could be critical of not, of some, not all home service owner operators, I think and there's some there's some mindset that it's it's cool or kind of a next step to have an office manager, okay. While they're out in the field, you know, sometimes that person's working two hours a day. Well, I don't think it's really cool if you're, you know, if if you're really getting two hours, two of eight hours that are efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, those are dollars that I, you know, would bother me. Um, so certainly, and, you know, you mentioned days off. We have a, we are kind of, um, the way we plan and work with clients is every client of ours is going to have a team lead. Okay. Um, that one person is ultimately going to be responsible for you know, like a Jared, like a Mountain, mountain View or, or, or some other partner. And then we're going to have a backup, okay? So in the event that our team lead is out and are or sick, or, which is going to happen, we know there's going to be an automatic backfill of somebody that knows that business and has certainly fielded calls, gone through onboarding, you know, it's quite dangerous for that account. So it's, it's incumbent in, in upon us, no days off except for federal holidays, and that coverage and that
1: window has got to be there. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. So, yeah. tell us about your. Um, we'll talk about the future of the home service space in a sec. But who would your your ideal partner be for uh, free to grow? Can you just describe? You know, I'm sure you guys have an ideal avatar. You know, can you just give us some details who that person might be so the listener might be like, that sounds an awful lot like me. Who who's a good fit? Yeah, we, look. We love working with
0: motivated entrepreneurs, um, people that are focused on growth um, people that are passionate about their service offering people that understand that they're, they have strengths that, that, you know, are going to drive their business forward and it's probably beneficial for them to outsource, you know, stuff that we're talking about here. Um, there's not a typical size range. I mean, they, the smallest companies that we probably work with are in that 200,000 range. I would, I would bet up to, you know, three, 4 million. Um, so there's a, there's a broad spectrum there. And, you know, as you get higher in the spectrum, that's just probably more, more calls. So we put more resources into those clients, but, um, you know, we serve a variety, variety of industries, window washing, pressure washing, tree care, lawn care. Um, we have a lot of dumpster rental clients, um, general contractors, electricians, plumbers. So, you know, it's not a one size fits all. And, um, you know, I think what gets us really excited in the morning is to is to really go to bat for people that are that care about their business. Um, we've had well, namely one client that it just they didn't seem to really care about their business, and you know it's hard to get energized for somebody like that. And we ended up kind of mutually parting ways. But um, most most of the, if not all of our partners are are just focused and want to grow and. going to be there for them throughout the day and and uh, certainly make mistakes we've made a ton of mistakes but learn as we go and and make it a fluid fluid partnership
1: yeah so cool how long have you guys been doing this now two years two years nice two years it's awesome man that's about the same same age as my coaching business kind of right yeah pandemic started on the same track super cool to see that's awesome so you know, you've got you've got experience, Charlie, in the in the service industry. Like you said, you work with a number of clients with your growing business. Can you talk like what do you see as a couple key trends coming? We're twenty twenty two at the time of this recording. So, next two, three, four, five years, do you see any big trends? You see, I'm sure you hear from your partners how hard it is to hire people. Uh, real estate prices going up, et cetera, et cetera. Inflation. Like, do you see any big shifts coming in the home service industry? Obviously, no crystal ball, but I love asking experts, like, what, what do you kind of see in the space happening? Yeah, great question. You know, I, there's
0: there's the obvious trends, like in inflation and gas prices. And I, I think one thing that's interesting to me is franchise versus non-franchise. I see a lot of emerging holding companies for franchises, and we work with some of those. So I, I see both sides. Um, you know, I think the the franchises are going to be great, but I I don't see a lot of the individual franchisees being more successful than the non-franchisees. I don't think all the franchises are made the same. I think at the franchise level, oftentimes they are just trying to sell people to come join their franchise. They want that franchise fee and there's not necessarily going to be, you know, adequate support to help them, the franchisees grow. Um, Because I've heard And I I, I, I felt this way um, when I was running my own business. Like, man, these big franchises are coming along. They're going to outspend me. And well, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, So I I see that that trend continuing. I think more of these big holding companies are going to try to create, you know, 10 segments of home service companies within their portfolio Mm -hmm. and just do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's going to necessarily be a detriment to the independent people at all. Yeah. Um, they're only going to be as strong as the local franchisee. Yeah. Um, and it's the same, same rule of supply. It's the same blocking and tackling. You gotta, you gotta market, you gotta sell well, you gotta fulfill, take care of customers. And, you know, you can out, now compete those guys.
1: I love that, man. We could make a whole episode on franchising. I was in a franchise for a number of years. So it's very near and dear to my heart. I think it's like anything in life there there's pros and cons, but I do oh, see yeah, like, correct how much is available now with the internet and at the end of the day i think a franchise gives you a brand and systems and it's like if you can find those two things on your own you're kind of good um but right. also they do a very good job at creating community as well i know the franchise i was in you know if you hit x amount in revenue guess what we're taking you to las vegas to party we're taking you to cuba like i traveled around basically with a week trip for, for to party for a week a year like when you're 23 uh like that's like you you're that you've made it right and so they do a good good job with that because to your point when you're an independent i think it can be kind of lonely um you know certainly your circle of friends probably don't own service businesses and so i think if you can build your community on your own as well um you're you're going to be kind of set up and the problem with franchise is not to get too opinionated here but you kind of learn their system in the first one two three four years and then guess what you're paying royalties as long as you stay in that thing and yeah it gets like unfair i think pretty quick um and that royalty fee at least what happened to me got to be such a high dollar value that I said, I could be hiring a manager now for this amount of royalty fee. And therefore I've hit the ceiling. This thing doesn't really scale. That was just my experience. I, I, I agree completely. Um, I, I just think that's a trend that I
0: continue to see. There seems to be a lot of M&A and um, some of these big organizations are trying to find like the perfect suite of home service companies and marketing them as franchises. But just seems like that's happening
1: totally i love it so you were obviously the little guy at some point man below a million bucks that that's kind of the listener to this show uh obviously who you guys help so do you have a tip or two like obviously you were in the good fight for a good five years like you said do you have a good tip or two that you're like man, if I could go back five years and talk to Charlie when he was in the middle of the, the home service fight, what, what's a tip or two that you'd have also at you came out the other side uh, and had an exit? So I, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts there. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like you do a lot of good
0: coaching on systems. I, that's just so important. I, I mean, I, if people aren't doing it now, watching every red cent that comes in and out of your business and what it's going towards and how that's affecting ultimately getting to that, you know, seven figure range, which I, I agree with you. The second you hit a million dollars, I felt like I, you know, I was kind of a, a company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I regret I, I was probably overspending. I was so focused on growth, so focused on growth um, that I probably wasn't. And I know I wasn't watching my monthly PL or, you know, trends that, you know, especially on the, you know, below, you know, below kind of operating expenses that we're just ticketing up and up and up. And, you know, that has an effect on, on how you're able to spend because you, you get smarter. And then I think sometimes you're kind of stuck, especially if you hire people, you're like, man, it's going to be expensive for me to fire this person. And so I, I just think watching that, that p and every month um, and having that plan of how you're going to spend money that's going to get you to that, that seven figure range w- was something that I, I would certainly have done better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no, yeah. And that, that's a really good one. Right. Even knowing your numbers too, where everything's going and that, you know, I, I was creating some content actually this week. I called it the home service business coach doom loop. And I came up with like eight things that we can screw up as home service business owners. And one of them was what you said, right? Not Knowing your numbers, and we think, oh, we're doing a hundred thousand dollars this month. Well, if your costs are ninety-eight thousand, it's like that's a, that's a really thin margin. We'd be better going yeah. taking a job for someone else. And I do right. think like we underestimate the amount of work that's involved to really grow a successful business. There, there's a lot that goes into it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned fuel. I, you
0: know. I, I, if you're not watching or or preparing some sort of fuel surcharge or something right now and looking at that every month, that's going to take a bite
1: out of you. Yeah. For sure. Totally. So let's kind of, I want to hear a little bit more about the, the administrative systems inside of the business. So just so I'm clear, you guys will basically take inbound phone calls for a company. Um, You will prepare quotes. You'll send out those quotes. Um, What are the other things I just want to, it sounds like you kind of take on virtually all the office management roles. You mentioned reputation management as well. So can you just dive a little deeper on what, what the detailed description would be? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to, to kind of dominate that customer experience, everything
0: except bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't, don't do bookkeeping, but, but from taking the call or the web lead, whatever, you know, Implementing or putting that information into the designated CRM Um, and some of our clients, we even have rudimentary pricing, which we can quote that over the phone. Okay, we'd like to go forward with that that cleaning, whatever it is, you know, okay. We have access to the the technician schedule, so we can put that on the schedule, obviously get all the important information on the CRM system. And, you know, it depends on the customer or the the partner, you know, sometimes we'll have a built in checklist on a, you know, on a house call pro where, you know, we've got to follow these five steps. And the last, the fifth step's going to be okay. Job complete, customer satisfied, solicit a Google review or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's not, it's not, uh, it's different from every partner, but that, that's kind of the basic suite of of what we're doing: answering the phone, responding to emails, you know, the the the, the blocking and tackling and CRM, you know, estimate scheduling, customer follow up. You know, we'll get oftentimes we'll get an owner on the phone who will say, okay free to grow. I just had a feeling, can you guys circle back with this customer? I just saw him, you know, please give him a call. And then, you know, on the outbound side, oh, ma'am, we, we you know, wanted to follow up with you on your estimate. Is there anything we do? We can connect you with the owner again. We can come back out, whatever. Um, so inbounds is a big part, but also on the outbound side, is a big
1: part. So um, cool. So yeah. if an owner gave you guys a client list of like 400 clients, can you guys rip through and call them too? Isn't we that- have done that before. Uh, we want it to be
0: pretty designated, and, uh, but we've certainly done that for our clients and our yeah. partners. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to be, we, we're we not a call center, right? Well, um, call center is going to take name, number, email, phone, you know, whatever, and then pass that on to you, Dave, and say, Dave, here you go. Good luck. You know, go get it. Yeah. Um, we're going to take that information on the fly and, and handle it. So when you get home at night, you know, you can pop up in your CRM and see exactly what happened throughout that day. So So that's the value.
1: One other question. What about uh, AR, right? If I have 20 grand outstanding with 14 different clients, could you guys zip through that list and collect payment? Is that in the scope too? We've done that. We'd like to identify that early and have some kind of
0: determined times throughout the month that, um, okay, this is going to be our 30 minute AR window. Um, Just to be fair. That's how we've done that. But certainly.
1: So yeah. cool, man. Like yeah. I'm just thinking, if I was an owner needing this, it's uh, it it should be kind of a no brainer, you know. I the to kind of answer my own question from half an hour ago. Typically, we see five, six, seven percent of overall revenue will go to the office position. So if you're doing, you know, let's say uh I don't know a hundred grand a month, like you'd have five, six, seven grand that could facilitate two people in the office. Um, so right. You know that's typically what we see, but again, it can range business to business. But at the end of the day, you can't be doing fifty thousand dollars a month with Zippo office support. It just doesn't work. The thing's going to go off a cliff. Nor should you be doing it as a business owner. Like I personally believe, as you hit fifteen thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar months, that's like we need some support in the office. That's I would agree. The sweet spot. I would agree. That's a good benchmark. Yeah. Totally. So, kind of segueing to wrap up, man. Um, what would it? You said I just want to flesh out a couple more details. You said uh, it's a two-week onboarding process, and I do want to highlight the fact too: if you choose to not hire a service provider and go with someone in-house, you're largely doing only training for that person too. Where with you guys we kind of swap out the word training for onboarding where you guys more take the lead and you're like, okay, this is going to happen, this, 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 which is an interesting thing to note. Cause I do think newer people who haven't hired in the office, they don't really know what they're doing. So when you guys can say, Hey, we're going to do two week onboarding, we're going to go bingo, bingo, bango, bongo. Right. So what, what does the roadmap look like if we're like, okay, sign me up? What kind of what's the dominoes to knock down? Yeah. So let's say, you know, we want to start March 10th tomorrow. Um,
0: We're going to have, we're going to have multiple phone calls. Uh, We're going to have essentially like a Google, Google file or a Google sheet. That's a working document. We're going to ask for basic information. You know, what's the phone number going to be? What's the access to the emails? What's the access to CRM system? Get in there, start fooling around in that CRM system and then have talks on, you know, call scripting. What's the flow? What are your processes? You know, uh, you know, there's probably three different phone calls or meetings with each new partner. Um, So when we're preparing to go live two weeks from now, um, we're not, you know, saying, oh, my God, we're not ready. Um, And if we feel like we need an extra week, we'll take an extra week to to schedule another call to make sure we've got everything in line. Um, Yeah. So we, we, we take our time. And every week after we onboard, we have a, you know, a client weekly meeting where we can pull up calls that were recorded, you know, do training, get feedback, you know, hey, let's, let's adjust this pricing. And, and it's a two-way street. We'll have, we'll have partners say, hey, what are you guys hearing? What are clients asking about? Well, it seems like you guys are a little too high priced. Okay, so maybe we got to come down a little bit. You know, just, just a small example. Um, so yeah, onboarding is really important. Um, we'll talk as many times as people want to talk to us to make sure we're, we're both comfortable with each other. And then once we go live, we're going to touch base with you yeah, 30 minutes a week, just to make sure that we're meeting, meeting standards. You know, an important question that we ask when we onboard is what does success look like, okay? So we're not, you know, button heads throughout the process. We know exactly the goals that we've got to hit. What are the KPIs that you're shooting for? So that, that becomes kind of important to us. Um, that's a kind of a marquee question for us during onboarding. What, what does success with us and Free to Grow,
1: you know, look like? I love that, man. I always tell everyone we hire success looks like you making uh, my life easier. You know, that's more for like a manager, but some (laughs) some people even in the program, they're like, oh, should I keep this guy or not? I'm like, does he make your life easier? Like, no, he's stressing me out. I'm like, "Okay, well, that's probably a problem. So I think you guys exist really to. um, So home service business owners can get their lives back. Right. Typically, man, I don't know about you, but before I hired in the office, I was busy work. I would go out, crush jobs during the day, do quotes. And I'd hit the office with my dinner on the desk. And I would be like, literally, <laughs> literally lock in at like five 36 o'clock. And then it's like, I would blink an eye and it's like nine 15. Right. And my yeah. girlfriend's like, what happened to our date tonight? I'm like, Oh, yeah. I got to just, I, you know, you go on just to do one thing and you do like 14 things and it's like, yeah. business is happy, but there goes your relationship.
0: Yeah, you pull up your your sales pipeline. You're like, why haven't we hit these 10 right here? What's going on? Yeah, I've, I've been there, Dave. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So super cool, man. So let's wrap up. What's the best way if the listeners listen this long? They're usually um, pretty serious to learn more. So what would be next steps uh, to get in touch with you guys? Send me an email. Um,
0: I'm not sure if you're going to put something out, but my email is pretty simple. Charlie at 3-2-grow.com you can go to free uh you know free to grow.com also or and I can give you my cell phone 314-302-4908 you can call me
1: text me whatever cool i yeah. love it we'll get we'll get you some calls i'll link up all your info uh in the show notes there for uh, for people to connect with you and uh You know, it's uh, definitely a pleasure, man, getting you on uh, for an initial uh, podcast here. And you came highly recommended, like I said, from our uh, member in the program. So it will be super cool to see you guys help blow up his business and uh, hopefully more entrepreneurs to come. Would love to help out. Thanks for your time. Yeah, awesome. We'll talk soon, my man. All right, Dave. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to the episode today. If you want to get even more value from David, then book your free coaching call at homeservicebusinesscoach.com.